Hello. Hello, Merlin. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. How's everything? Fantastic. That is fantastic to hear. Fantastic. I'm just living on island time. Living it up. Yeah. 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 What is going on? I, uh, hmm. Hmm. How does one say? One How is say. your um, medulla mm. oblongata thing? Then you're still throat? swollen, still mm. hanging there. Mm. It's, it's a highly vascular area. Otherwise, I just slice it off myself. Hello, hello. <laughs> Can you hear rattling? <laughs> Please mm. cut that out. I'll Let's start that. again. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Merlin. I have um um. Let's see. What was I going to say? Oh, okay. I'm only going to say one small part of this. Because can we just stipulate for the record that things are kind of bad right now? Yeah, it's um. I mean, without going, I, I, I actually I could use a slight break from the thing, but can we stipulate that they, we do we we agree at the outset of the program that this is terrible and will yeah. be bad for everybody, whether or not anybody's having a good or bad day in a given day. Yes, but one could have conversations with the ones with whom one is closest, whom where one admits that there are certain things that one doesn't hate. Yes. About a given moment. Yes. If, 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 if in a given moment a person is mindful, yes. one may see what's directly in front of them, not just... Because I've, I've been living in this world of what's going to happen. Okay, I, I, boy, I'm going to get dragged for this, and this is not what it sounds like. Okay, I'm listening. Okay, well, okay. So an anxious person... Or let's even say a person who has uh, some form of OCD. One problem with having that sort of personality is that one, you, you start to notice, I'm going to stop being a prick. Here's the thing. If you, if you have anxiety, you're worried about everything all the time. Yes. What do you mean everything? Well, that's the point. When you're an anxious person, you spend uh, an embarrassing amount of your day scanning the horizon for a potential danger. And the important part in some ways there is scanning and potential. There's no danger there. It's, it's, it's the potential danger that causes you to scan because neurologically there's something in your pipes and wires that causes you to have a, a nearly like constant uh, slight upset about the world, even if you're doing the happiest thing you love the most right now. And even if you're having like, you just know that everything's, there's nothing that has to you don't have to get a shot today. You don't have to run a half marathon today. You don't have to have a meeting with your boss about you don't know what today. Those, I mean, there are things like the, the meeting with your boss. That's if you've been worried about your job or concerned about layoffs, like that's a very serious thing in any, um, on any day. But an anxious person is always scanning. And that kind of goes a little bit for an OCD person too, right? Like you're yeah. turning it over in your mind all the time. What could be an undone thing that will undo you? Hmm. Yeah, because and I think that I think at the heart of OCD, <clears throat> and I'm talking about actual obsessive compulsive disorder. Not, n- not I like to keep my desk clean. Yeah, or oh, it really bothers me if you set that drink down without a coaster. That's that's the that's uh, called being. That's a, I use a more fifties term there. That's neurotic, right? Or re- <laughs> or retentive even. Um, okay, sure, yeah, but but it's not the condition. It's not the condition, and so that's there's something. That my son was actually talking to me about this because he has, like I do, the OCD condition, and he oh, said, "Okay, I didn't know that." Yeah, and he's like, "How come?" He's like, "How come?" Like people say OCD when they just want their books lined up on their shelf nice. I said, "Well, 
And so I was just actually having a similar conversation with him the other day with, you know, different, different, not relating to coronavirus or anything like that, just a, a general conversation. But for people who are in that kind of a state, like people who are already struggling with that, whether it's anxiety or OCD, and they're all related, but it, in, in both of those situations, OCD is a way for whatever reason we're wired the way that we are people who have it it's it's trying to help the person feel better about their environment or the world or give them some sense of perhaps even control over things that can't be controlled or you know whatever it is it's different i'm sure for everybody but i would imagine that a lot of people are struggling with that kind of stuff right now because literally it feels like the little bit of control that we thought we had is is not even real anymore mm -hmm. boy we should talk about this this is a good let's topic. talk about it well because you know the more i turn it over my mind i i and i'm, I'm not i don't mean this i'm going to just again stipulate that there's the thing and the thing is terrible but i also want to stipulate that i neither of us is a clinician but we are both people we are uh <laughs> you know i'm not just a customer i'm the president as the <laughs> hair replacement guy used to say <laughs> yeah um, RIP to a real one. But um, I think there's some Venn diagram there in the sense of my, so my understanding of OCD, which has evolved a lot over the years, because I, you know, I've been very much the kind of person who, you know, I have, I have friends who for sure have o OCD and they have the funny little ticks, those little Dan Benjamin or, you know, definitely like David Sedaris type things. Mm -hmm. David Sedaris writes hilariously about his OCD in uh, his first book, first or second book. And it's very, it's very, very funny. Because he was very peculiar. I mean, all the way down to like ritually, ritually making these certain noises or having to lick a, lick a frog in somebody's front yard and go back and touch a doorknob, all the kind of funny stuff. But so I just want to get that out of the way so we can just talk turkey. Um, one bit of that Venn diagram from my POV between people with OCD and people with anxiety uh, is that, if, if my understanding of OCD uh, is that uh, the, the O and the C uh, lead to, uh, the D. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All, every, all roads lead to the D. The O, the O <laughs> is obsessive and obsessive is the invasive thoughts or, uh, ideas that pop into your head unbidden. And those could be things like, d did I definitely turn off the iron? Is the door locked? Right. Um, all the way down to in extreme cases, um, I think Maria Bamford very hilariously has talked about very invasive thoughts about like extremely invasive sexual thoughts that she didn't yes. want to have. Not yes. fantasies. It's not a fantasy. It's not like, ooh, gosh, I, I want to go bone down with that person. No, it's more like I am I, am I, she's joked about this, but it's also serious. Like, am I, am I a sex criminal in my head because of these thoughts that I never wanted to have? And when you see people like, oh, I think about pushing people onto the subway platform, even though I know I never would, right? Like that's, nobody wants to think that no. any more than somebody wants to think, is my iron on? Right. But there are people, so what is the, that's the O. The O is, come on, give me a break. I don't want any of these thoughts. My understanding, and you tell me, my understanding of the C is, the compulsion is that there, it, it, there can be behaviors associated with the thought that seem like they would give you relief from the thought. But don't. Like, so in life you go, oh, I wonder if I remember to schedule this recording session with Dan for uh, 8.30 a.m. So if I go and look at the calendar and I see that it's on there 
and I can, let's say even go a little bit further. And I see that that has not, that invitation or that repeating event has not updated in four years. Well, barring anything else, we'll record at 8.30. I don't need to worry that you'll be here. You don't need to worry that I will or won't be here. Follow it, you know, so, so far? Yeah. But like, so it'd be natural to do that. But then for me to then a minute later go, I should go double check because I might have accidentally deleted it when I checked on it. Right. And then you go, oh, no, wait a minute. What if it didn't sync on all my other calendars and I deleted, I accidentally deleted it somewhere else and now it didn't show up here. And so that kind of like, so I'm trying to draw a picture here of a person who does not have total control over the thoughts that come to them and the emotions that arise as a result of that. And then the behaviors that bubble up uh, to try and give oneself relief from those. That's what I get from this. You tell me. Yeah, you've described it exactly. And what I want to mention is there is a component. And um, and I think that, I think this is true. And it's not something I hear a lot. But when it comes to OCD, it's not just that the the, you know, there's the obsession, which is I need to make sure the doors are locked. Then there's the compulsion, which says, I'm going to go check. Right. And, and all of that is kind of working together in a way that is triggered by what, what I'll say, it almost feels like forgetfulness. And it's oh, the, it scans as it scans as I forgot to do I this. For, so the fee, if people which want feels healthy and wholesome, yes. And if people address. want to feel what it's like to to have OCD, if I were to ask you, you know, when when you were done eating breakfast this morning, did you set the fork in the sink or did you put it in the dishwasher thing? Oh, I, I don't, I can't remember. I don't know. Well, why not? Okay, well, because I was in a hurry. I was on my way out. I just, I set it down. Well, did you use a, the, the, the nice fork or the fork from Ikea? Oh, I, can't, I couldn't tell you which fork it was. But now if I told you that the difference between you putting that, that fork in the sink or in the dishwasher could kill your entire family, mm-hmm. that would completely change the frame. You'd say, well, how could it possibly kill my family? Mm-hmm. But that's the way that it feels. So you're combining it the- It explodes in, uh, it was, there's a proportionality of like, did this happen? And there's also a proportionality of if this did or didn't happen, what are the consequences? Right, so think- And they it, both get blown up bigger than they probably should rationally be. So for a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, for a lot of people who have OCD, one of the things that it surrounds is, is some kind of safety, um, which is to say the safety of- you know, you, your belongings, your family, your pet, whatever it is that you hold dear. And so an example might be, well, I have to, I have to go check the door before I go upstairs to go to bed because of course you you need to have your doors locked. So you would check the door and then on your way up to maybe you check another door on your way, you've got your routine and you're going upstairs and you might say, well, wait a minute. I remember I just checked the front door. Did I, did I check the back door? Cause I usually check that one first. I'm not sure if I checked that one. So you're going to go back to check that one again. You're like, okay, well, I've checked this one now. Now I'm looking at it. It all, you know what? Just to be sure, I'll check it again right now while I'm here. So I've only, cause I've checked it twice, but you know what? My number is six. So I have to check it six times because mm-hmm. that's how many times I checked. In the past, something. when I've, in, a, in the past, I feel like 
I have received both. I've received relief as a result of having checked a sixth time. Sixth That's time. the magic number for whatever reason. I didn't pick that. I don't think. No. But I discovered the same way that somebody might discover like, oh, I feel better when I work out for a few days. You mm-hmm. just notice a pattern and go, oh, that's, I should do that more. I should, right. I should go. But in this case, it's attached to something that's not rational. So then I'll go to the front door again, cause I'm on my way up and I'll, by the time I get to the front door, I'm like, well, did I check the back? Well, let me check the front door again. Let me just check that again. Okay. I've done that six times. Now, wait a second. Did I check the back door? Was that tonight or was that last night that I did that? And did I, did I count wrong and actually do it seven? And now I have to start over. Right. And if I did it seven, do I do it five more yeah. times or do it? Right. No, I have to start over. So let yeah. me do, let me check it six times twice. That will reset the seventh error, which might've not been an error because I've got that floating one, which is no good. Mm-hmm. So I'll check that. And now the front door, I need to check that again too. Cause now I'm by the front door. And I'll check that an extra six times plus I'll do it. I don't want to do it seven, but I'll do it six twice also. And by mm-hmm. the time I'm done with that, hopefully I can still keep in the stack that I checked the back door. But don't forget the windows because that's important too. And if you have a security alarm, you got to check that. And how do you check that? You're not turning it on and off, are you? Or are you? Or are you just checking yeah. that the light is... You're getting at this one, maybe you're saying this, but you're getting at the one that also can be one's undoing, which is the like, did my did my checking this thing in the way that I know I'm supposed to actually do the opposite of what I thought? Right. So that Have could I be, undone it? Have I somehow I act, yes, when unlocked off the door the lights, instead of locking act, it? Did I accidentally flip on this other light? Did I right. did, did I leave the key in the lock? Will that break off? Now my cat's going to die. Like right. That kind of thing. And so yeah. the end of it is, well, if I don't check this, then tonight's the night that, you know, the people who are staking out the house are going to come in and my family will be killed. The house will be burnt to the ground and I yeah. will somehow be... The bl- to blame for all of this and in be then imprisoned for life because all because I could have just checked. I'll just check it. Merlin, I'll check it one more time. And mm-hmm. that's the cycle that rules people. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and yeah. you know, and it's, it's incredibly hard to understand and explain if you haven't been there, if you haven't done it. And um, you know, and, and it's really something that I think the more the, the more stressed you feel as a person, especially in a situation like this where you feel totally out of control, I think the worse it can be for a lot of people. Uh, and that's and and it's very much an anxiety kind of a thing, but it's that forgetfulness component that, or mm-hmm. component. As I say. As you say. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I, we probably covered it enough, but I, I do think it's, there are certain topics that I feel always benefit from ironically enough, going over again and again. And that includes things like procrastination. It includes things like OCD, anxiety, because I, I know how foreign uh, those things seem from the outside, even depression itself, even mm. especially depression. Um, you know, there are all of these things that, that have a name that we think we understand unless we've suffered from that condition. And then our understanding of it is much more deep and acute and personal than the idea of like, oh, you've got the blues, why don't you meditate or take a nap or drink some water and you'll feel better? And it's, it's so crazy. That's like saying, like, drink some water and you can, like, you know, throw your crutches away. Like, <laughs> right, <laughs> why, right. Don't, why don't you just walk? Why are you in that weird chair? Why don't mm. you just walk? Mm-hmm. Well, there's mm-hmm. a whole thing going on with my spine and stuff. <laughs> anyway, nothing that serious, but, um, 
but yeah, anyway, so the, the Venn diagram, I feel like, and so many of these things is that a sense of, um, the sense of things being uh, unknown or unknowable, uh, becomes really overwhelming and it really affects your quality of life. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't want to cheapen the conversation by saying what I was originally going to say, Except that, like this thing, I the thing that I don't hate right now is having a bunch of little nicks and cuts of expectations. I do mm-hmm. like that everybody's being more cool with each other about all kinds of things because we have to be. But I also, just in a guilty way, I'm not. I'm not glad <laughs> this is happening. Jesus, no! Please refer to the previous 14 minutes of this conversation about my brain swimming in utter anxiety, fear, and undoneness right now. But, uh, boy, it is nice not to have to be a million places and do a million things. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of forced into uh, early retirement in a way. Absolutely. You I know? mean, well, what are you, you going to do? I mean, right. at this point, you could choose. And a lot of people are choosing, I think intelligently, to say, like, we need some structure. Especially if you got more than one kid, I'll bet you. Like, everybody, you know, it's so, so funny. It's like uh, ski poles. Please email John Syracuse. Like, on the one hand, if you're somebody by yourself in a room... If you're in like a, if you were in like a, a studio by yourself for many, many weeks, you know, structure actually in the same way that if you've never worked at home, you realize there has to be some structure and some even just light rules mm-hmm. for like when it's the working times, like mm-hmm. when do I put on the pants and all those kinds of things. So that becomes important if you work at home and it certainly becomes important if you're even just one person in a place by yourself and it's not unpleasant. Like if you've got a place you don't hate. You know, you're not with a roommate or a next door neighbor who's noisy or it's not stinky or whatever. Like if you, even if you don't hate being home and it's nice to watch Netflix, right. the structure is good. I imagine as you add more people uh, after two, the structure thing becomes important too. Like with one kid, like she does a lot of, we're not bugging her about homework. We're not, we're, you know, it's, there is the tacit, we are not going to watch TV all day. We generally don't turn the TV on until five any day, mm-hmm. but that's not strictly enforced. She can be FaceTiming with her friends. We're right. encouraging that. We are, um, as I'll mention later, we uh, watched Amadeus last night. So if she wants to sit and like listen to Spotify and like play video games on the iPad, that's that's actually okay too. But she does continue the, to the read. 80s movie Amadeus? Yeah. Is it, does it hold up well? Oh, save it for the show. Save it for the show. She calls it Ozymandias. Um, let's watch Ozymandias again. And so uh, I, I would like to come back to that, actually. Short, short detour. Yeah, it's really great. It's got some, uh, you know, adult material in it, but I think a, a 12, well, a, a, a ridiculously mature 12-year-old can handle it. Um, but uh, yeah, it was great. But, you know, just just to say, I, I feel like if you've got two kids of differing ages, like your kids are not super far apart. Three, yeah, three-ish, three and a half. Years. But like, I think about you get to the point of the like, even if you have a two parent, happy two parent thing going on, imagine having three kids. Yeah. Imagine having them be like 18 months, mm-hmm. three and 14. Mm-hmm. Pfft, that's a stew, baby. Yeah. That is a diverse buffet of family pain. <laughs> A-Y-C-E. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. This one's got the diaper and that one's very, very sad. Oh, and this one's very sad too. Mm. <laughs> um, and th- in that case, all that structure, I think, I think is great. But um, I mean, we have so far, so far as we record this today, a kind of just a natural structure. One thing I notice is that more and more, I mean, we do hang out a ton more, obviously, because my wife, 
And when my wife says, when we say working from home, let's be honest, when most people say they're working from home, they mean masturbating. But my wife is actually <laughs> is working that, from is home. Is that what they mean? From now, just here's a, here's a, a thought technology and a thought experiment. Next time in a normal society, when you hear people say they're working at home, just say it. Okay. They're, they're probably actually like, uh, you know, tanning or getting a wax or, or let's be honest, they're masturbating. Anyway, um, but she's really working for like Sunday. She worked like five, six hours on, on Sunday because her job requires it right now. You know, mm-hmm. medical mm-hmm. school is pretty busy right now. They got a lot of stuff going. It's pretty crazy. I, I don't want to talk specifics here. It's pretty wild. If you've been following, even at the level of following what Cuomo has to say about needed uh, equipment. Today, talking about ventilators. What was his amazing quote just a little bit ago? We need 30,000 30, ventilators. You've given us 400. Don't start patting yourself on the back. <laughs> like, okay, well, oh, hey, look, everybody's fine. Should we reopen everything? No, no, no. We need to stay locked down so the old people don't die. But also, guess what? We're not in the bad part yet. We're not in the part where people actually are sick at the scale of Italy. So anyway, happy times. Um, the structure is good. Um, and you need, you need to find the, the level of that structure that gives you sanity. But uh, for myself, I mean, the part I don't hate is, you know, I, I've said this to you before. I try not to talk about the car stuff because people hate it when I talk about car stuff, but I'm not a car person. And I think I've, 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 again, stipulated for the record that I think the lowest, one of the lowest points a human being can get to is having to drive in a single person vehicle somewhere, park, buy or pay for one item and then repeat that in reverse. Like that, there will be a day that comes where we look at that and go, that is insane. That's like getting, that will one day be looked at like getting in the car, driving to Florida, uh, giving your mom a kiss on the cheek and then driving home. It's like, that's, it's insane to do that for so many reasons. And in my case, when I pick up my kid, I will be transparent here. I do not drive and I will not drive. And so I take Lyft. I want fewer cars. And I, I put that into action by using public transit, walking, Segway, Lyft. And when I pick up my kid uh, at her school, um, all you need to know is that is um, slightly over one hour of my time and slightly over $30 in Lyft. Mm. So that's okay. I mean, whatever. I guess it sucks, but that's what we got to do. And so like right now, um, a a minimum of two and usually three days a week, I do that. So guess what? (laughs) That suddenly saves me 60 bucks in two hours. But more important than anything else, it's so nice not to see it on my calendar. To quote the great Dr. Katz, Dad, from the very first episode of Dr. Katz, Dad, it's not that I don't want to come to bingo with you. It's that I don't want to see bingo on my calendar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we could take a pause at this point, but uh, I think these are anxious times for everybody. And I think maybe I, I this, it brings me no pleasure or relief to say that I bet a lot of people are uh, now going through something that a lot of us go through, which sucks, which is that you have to take the available information that you have. And in order to make sane plans about your future, you must extrapolate based on facts known now and unknown facts about the future. And that makes a person feel pretty nuts. So, you know, um, maybe we could talk more about that. I also uh, I have some uh, a new segment called an interesting concept I learned this week. I learned some new concepts this week. Okay, um, <clears throat> we will do whatever you want. We do listener letters, but I do feel like for now you may have something to tell us about that you like. I do. I would love to tell you about Squarespace. What Squarespace? Squarespace. 
I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a good service. It's not circle filling. It's Squarespace. That's that's right. So you can do a lot of things with Squarespace. I'm actually working on a new website right now for um for some of the like consulting sort of podcast adjacent consulting stuff that I do. And I thought, you know, I want to focus on doing the stuff that I want to do. I don't want to focus on starting from scratch and building uh, building some site. Uh, you know, I, I, I want Squarespace to do that for me because they're going to do it better than me. They're going to do it better than almost anybody. They let you turn whatever your idea is into a really cool website. It becomes the place that you can go more important than building it on day one is maintaining it and keeping it going. And whether you have to go there and update the content to keep it fresh or blog, post blogs, or if you're a photographer, you're putting your images up there. If you're a musician and you're putting your tracks up there, whatever it is, it makes Squarespace makes it so easy for you to keep the thing going. It's so easy to lose your momentum on a project, right? I mean, you start and you're like, yeah, this is going to be great. And you build the thing and you're like, yeah, I have to go update it. And it's a pain in the neck to update. Well, that's not the case with a Squarespace site. They make it so easy to update. I know people who are doing tons of sales. They're doing their e-commerce stuff. You know, they have a, they're, they're, you know, at home already, right? Because they're running their own home business and they're shipping everything out with Squarespace. It's so cool. They make it so easy to do it. The built-in analytics that they have, built-in SEO that they have, you name it, Squarespace has thought of it. And you can even register your domain name with Squarespace. They've got tons and tons of TLDs there. You can do it all on your own, make it yourself with Squarespace. So they have given us a special URL. If you go to this special URL, which is squarespace.com slash it's your show, You'll get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. They've been our sponsor for so long. We really appreciate it. And uh, go and check it out. And I mean, there's they, they, there's a long list of people who are on there. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You could be a nerd doing nerd stuff like me. You could be a real estate broker. You could be a clothing designer, a photographer. It doesn't matter. There's going to be an awesome template for you to start with. Squarespace.com slash it's your show. And the promo code, it's your show, one word, gets you that 10% off. So thanks very much to Squarespace for making this show possible. Thanks, Squarespace, Bok Bok. I, um, I had occasion to do a deep dive on Squarespace. And I, again, I you know it this, the service or product or whatever is, is good. You know it's good when you have to tear yourself away. And I got yeah. into that thing uh, on my, my most modern Squarespace site, I have one that's really Jurassic that I've dragged my feet on updating, but I have a newer one that I use for stuff. And I went into the whole, like looking at templates and previewing and seeing what it looked like. And it was, I had to tear myself away. It yeah. was so fun. And I would just get into that again, slightly compulsive thing of like, Ooh, I'll install this one. I'll check the preview, go to the demo. I can go like, see how it would look as my site, like use it as my site all privately. And then I go, Nope, I'm gonna stick with what I've got. Sort of like when my parents didn't have a lot of dough in the 60s and they'd fill out the order form from catalogs and just not send it in. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> Except I, I get that. That's included. Um, I should see. I wonder if there's any official extant still living thing uh, for the the Squarespace uh, rock opera we were commissioned to do. I would oh, like to find that. yes. That's, I, so I have find some my of that. Place, uh, I know I've got the files, but remember they even made a cool site for yeah, us. Yeah, they really site, did. I don't think it's there anymore, but I'll see if I could find those. Those are good songs. I made, I made, I made nice songs that sound like bands. It's fun to do. Thanks, Squarespace. So Dan, we can take this anywhere um, you would like to take it. What do you, what, what suits you right now? 
I don't know. I mean, um, wherever wherever you think, I think it's such an interesting, strange, bizarre, and sort of good, sort of terrible time that we could kind of talk about anything in that uh, that's even I mean, related to here's it. the thing. I'm reluctant to talk about the things that I would like to talk about because I don't want to sound like Pollyanna. I, I, think, I believe I said this specifically last week here. I know I said it somewhere, but but a true fact right now is it feels unpatriotic to not be freaked out all the time right now. It feels um, not very smart. It feels ill-advised. I, I mean, so much of my day is spent gawking at other people's bad decisions right now, privately, that whether that's decisions of uh, people in government at various levels or decisions of people on Clearwater Beach, which is a beautiful beach, but really seriously... Please don't do that. Um, beautiful, beautiful. It's it's uh, it's like sugar, the sand, a Clearwater Beach. It really beautiful. is. It really oh, it's is. gorgeous. Have you ever been there? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Okay, oh, that's yeah. why I was, my grandparents lived in Clearwater Beach. Love Clearwater. Love Clearwater as a, as a town is fine, but Clearwater Beach is great. Mm-hmm. I, my favorite Florida beach, though, is Destin. Uh, the Destin Seaside. Oh, the best. Is that, is that West Coast? Yeah. No. Yep. Wait, is that down by like Fort Myers? No, that's up in the, uh, what we call the oh, Redneck Riviera. Redneck Riviera, yes, yes, yes. Oh my God! And then that got really wrecked with. Was it Aaron? Destin used to be the. Wasn't that the considered the best beach in Florida? I think it I was. Think it was. I think yeah. I considered it. Yeah, but the Panhandle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, don't go to the beach now, guys. Um, <clears throat> today, a youth moved. It's the first time I've seen someone take it seriously, like on a sidewalk. A youth moved. A youth moved. Yeah, yeah. Usually, they just stand in the middle of the sidewalk vaping. And like, like I'm always like way over here, like ah, I'm trying to social distance, and they're like vape, vape, vape. I'm like, oh come on, dude, scoot. Um, so maybe that's getting better. Um, that that that. So I, I say this because like I I, I don't want to come off as Pollyanna. Um, I'm not defensive. You're defensive. <laughs> what? But um, I mean, there are all kinds of little things that we we may get to do now that we may not otherwise. And it depends a lot on like where you are, whether that's financially or time-wise, childcare-wise, eldercare-wise. But like, I don't know. Maybe we can talk about this more next week because I doubt this will be resolved. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's a good time. Wait a minute. A You're pro- saying you don't think this will be completely resolved by <laughs> next, next, that's seven days from if now. That's a long time. If we just start reopening all of the religious universities and beaches, I think uh-huh. we'll be fine. Jerry Falwell Jr. What a guy. Um, <clears throat> you see that? He's reopening Liberty University. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I do think, I mean, I'll toss out a couple ideas and maybe we could make this a theme for next time because um, I, I don't want to get, get over my skis on this. But we've been doing lots of little projects, um, projects that just make sense. Like, you know what? We're finally going to clean out the pantry because we need to know what food we've exactly what food we've got, and we need to be able to get to it without tripping over a forty-pound bag of cat litter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like things like that. Like if you're stuck inside and you need something to do, like with a kid, like reorganizing the pantry is not a terrible idea. Um, you'll find things that suit you like that. A lot of people right now are enjoying, you know, games and puzzles and stuff. But if you do, I would just say this because the only way I can say this that makes sense and doesn't sound dumb is to be extremely abstract. So okay. I'm, I'm going to toss this out in okay. a very abstract way. Um, just for the sake of argument as a thought experiment, imagine that you don't have to see only downsides right now, that you don't have to see only the terribleness of what keeps coming at you. If you are mindful about it, I was, I was getting ready to come in and uh, uh, visit you. And I was sitting there with my wife and I was like, 
you know, uh, in this mindful moment, it's, it's pleasant. There's a chance of rain today. Nothing's happening right now. I still get to drive this car in mm-hmm. terms of how I feel moment to moment. And that doesn't mean that you do careless things or you don't think about others or et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm sorry that I have to keep putting it this way, but I don't want to get to get this taken out of context and have people say I'm saying like, oh, you know, go be fancy. But like, if you just pause for a moment and look for the, the potential positive. Uh, oh yeah. So I was going to say, I was talking about the pantry. One thing is we spend a lot, for some reason now, I guess we spend a lot more time talking about what we're going to have for dinner and making dinner and eating dinner and cleaning up after dinner. And like, we did used to get a lot more takeout. We did used to do a lot more of like, I'll just take it and I'll, I'll be the one and it'll be ready when everybody gets home. But that's been an interesting change and it's kind of fun. And then, yeah, we sit in front of the TV and we watch Ozymandias or whatever. Right. But <laughs> uh, I would say just be open to trying to find the moments you don't have to be freaked out all the time and to look for something um, that can engage your brain and your heart in ways where perhaps you didn't have time before. That might, that might be reading a fiction book a little bit every day, like an actual book Maybe one you even hold in your hand, but something where like you try to, you start, this is a good time to practice or create a practice of uh, attention management. And maybe you don't need as much time management as you used to, but this, that affords you the opportunity to then say, this could be a fun time for attention management. How do I, how do I want to be feeling about this and where do I put my attention? Whether that's the pantry or like, I am, I am very gratefully absorbed in a couple projects right now that I'm really excited about. Um, and it's nice to just disappear for six hours and go like, well, it was nice, nice not to hear, uh, hear from, uh, certain parties. <laughs> yeah. And then the reactions to that for six hours, I guess I better catch up. What are your thoughts? You know, I think it's, it we're the fact that you're in this situation. I always feel like you mentioned mindfulness. You mentioned being able to kind of focus on the upside of it. And there are a lot of upsides. There's so many people, you know, the, but the difference is, and I think, did I say this to you last week or was this on a different show where, you know, there are those of us like you and me who, for the most part, we, we kind of made a decision to be working from home or to work independently or whatever. But there's... just to be clear, I don't, I don't like to talk about this a great deal, Dan, but when I talk about my office, suffice it to say that we're almost on the same Wi-Fi network. Yeah, seriously. We, no, just to, so it's clear to somebody who I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not g- driving across town. I, it's literally on the same block. Just so I'm, don't I be, don't like to say don't it, but like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound evasive about this, but you know, I, I'm not breaking anything doing that. And it's, but it is just so you know, it's very, the two are very near to one another. Yeah. That's and I mean, I'm, you, I'm assuming you, it's, it's like bike rideable or walkable or that kind of, that kind of thing. Oh yeah. I'm a segue. It's uh, just under two minutes. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's the, the thing they're supposed to be today here in Austin coming out with a, um, or Travis County rather the, um, what do they call it? You know, shelter in place, shelter in place situation. And so, you know, when that, but but, um, but please, unless, unless you are on a full on, uh, was it India? style lockdown. I think India just announced a crazy, you, you literally can't walk out your door. Please go outside. Like my daughter and I um, take walks now or play mm-hmm. basketball where we just like get outside away from people. But like this, this is the thing. And I'm not an epidemiologist. This actually feeds into a theme I want to discuss later on. Um, this idea that I just learned about what a great phrase, epistemic trespassing. What a fantastic new phrase I've learned. I'm not trying to present myself as a, the best in, intel I've heard about stopping this is to minimize contact with other family groups. 
is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Like in your family group, like, you, well, you're stuck together. You have to live in a house together. What you're trying to minimize, the reason you can't have a play date is there is a chance that you will now, without knowing it, pass it on to a different family unit. And if everybody passes it on to another family unit, this isn't going to work. The only way this works is by avoiding contact with people that are not in your family. Right. And I feel like that's being stressed in strange ways that turns it into some a different video game than it should be. The way to the way to min max min max this is not to stay in your house until you're an insane person. The right. way to min max this is to like you you two or three people you can get in your car inside your city or county and drive somewhere and take a hike. Like you're allowed to do that. It's just that we're trying to minimize the amount of jostling around of strangers and strangers and strangers and strangers because that's that's how you get in Italy. Right, exactly. And, you know, it's hard because I know that every single person listening to this show is very high IQ. Mm-hmm. They um, must be. They've, they've figured out how to get it. We, we've made it deliberately, deliberately hard for them and they still figure it out. Right. They understand the, the, the ruse and the charade that we put in place to get people to the meat mm-hmm. of the show, you know, and all of that. But I think that, People like us who are listening to the show and me and you, we could under, we understand what you just said. We understand that. We understand what that means. It needs and we, to be clear. It needs to be clear in its, in the way that it's stated and it needs to be clear in its intent and it needs to be clear in what the consequences are if we don't get the results that we need fast. Right. right. And th- right. that's the kind of, the kind of advice we need right now is like, has an incredible level of specificity, not just about what to do, but what, why we're doing it. And then what will happen if we don't do it? That needs to be so crystal clear that like a four-year-old could repeat it. Definitely. And I think that there's an aspect to that for a lot of people where they either, either they don't understand, um, they don't understand it or they don't want to understand it or they don't feel like doing it or whatever. In other words, there's something that for many people, they're going to hear that. They're going to hear that advice and they're going to say, I don't, you know, like I'm social distancing and all, but like, I'm not going to like hang out with my friends and you know, like I'm still going to hang out, you know? And that's why I think they're all young. They don't have it. Right. That's the, that's the, that's one of the many enduring myths is like, we're young. We don't have it. We can't get it. Right. And then I guess implicit in that myth is a third myth of we can't give it to others. It's like, dude. Exactly. And so I think, you know, this is a weird kind of a situation because you have this, this attitude from people that sort of, if, if they don't feel afraid and worried, then they don't really feel like they need to, to take any precautions or measures or anything like that. And it's Mm -hmm. not enough to just say, Hey, these are the things that you really should be doing. Just do them. People are not going to do that unless it's like, well, the government told me that I had to do it or else. Now, now they'll actually listen to it. Now they'll actually do it. But I think here in, in like Austin, this new order that's coming out is focused more at businesses than it. I mean, it, they don't necessarily word it that way, but it's not so much focused on people. It's focused more on businesses because like, I think Mm -hmm. until today, you know, if you're, if you're a lawyer and you have a, a a law practice where you have just a couple people in the office, you might still have been going. Now you're not going to be able to do that. So it keeps them away. You know, people who could, I think you could still get a haircut today. I'm not sure about that, but now you won't be able to do that, you know? And so like, if there aren't those things for people to go out and do, then they're less likely to go out and do them, you know, even if it's just like, as they say in in law, an attractive nuisance. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, you hear, you hear him say like, okay, you can't have that big pile of garbage near the playground because that's an attractive nuisance. Like kids Mm -hmm. will want to go play on that and they'll get hurt. 
Exactly. So, you know, I think what they're doing here makes sense. I think, you know, like, like you described it when you go to your, your personal private office, it's, it's just you in there. Mm -hmm. Um, you're, you know, you're not even necessarily coming in any contact. There's been a total of like, I think fewer than 12 people that have ever walked in here. Yeah. Yeah. There's like Max, Alex, Roderick, John Dickerson. We ever here? Have you been here? Syracuse, no, no, Syracuse I've never hasn't been even been here. No. <laughs> and you know, and that's the thing is same, same as mine is from, I can walk out of my it house. It is by design. It is, it is by design. Like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like when the artist goes up to their garret, it's like, this is, it's closer to a studio than an office. It's really just a tiny little room where I get to go. And like the whole point is that no one but me ever, 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 ever is allowed in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, here, if if I were to leave my house, get into my truck, drive here, go upstairs, go into my office, I I will have interacted with no other human beings directly at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and in here, I'm not interacting with human beings either. You know, and so in a situation like that, for me, I'm I'm be I'm still in self isolation when I'm doing that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's just me. Um, and so you know, in a situation like that, I'm not breaking any rules by doing that at all. Um, but there are people I think who would be, if if you left it up to just people to do the right thing, I hate to say it, but there you don't do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's difficult, especially when the messaging is so, confused. Well, I don't want to get into sad things, but it does suck a lot that there is, whenever Trump is not on the dais, um, or when, um, I mean, even when it's Pence, like I am no fan of Mike Pence for a million reasons, but it's just, it's so rough in particular when Fauci or Burks is up there and they, 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 they've been through this stuff. I mean, Fauci was there for AIDS. He was there for Ebola. He was there for all this stuff. And he's a really, really smart guy. It's everybody is, I think the message is clear that he is very well respected at what he does. He knows how to handle this stuff. I, I believe, I mean, again, I'm not an expert, but I, I trust those folks, but this, they need to keep their job. They need to not provoke him and make him angry because they've said something that could potentially be at odds with his fantastical worldview about reopening everything in a few weeks, et cetera. It's not going to be that bad. It'll pass through quote unquote, all this mm-hmm. stuff that people like me have been hearing now for weeks. And it's very frustrating. I wish that messaging could be clearer to people. And I, I do feel like one part that gets missed in a lot of this is the why. I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I've, I've tried to get to a point in life where I stop assuming that other people are not as smart as me. But I think it's easier for people to be smart if this messaging is clear. And the messaging that I'm getting about why we're doing what we're doing right now is extremely clear, which is there's a, there's a window of opportunity where we can minimize the number of people who get sick from this. If we minimize the number of people who get sick from this, we also necessarily minimize the number of people who get sick from them. If we minimize the number of people uh, who get sick from them, we minimize the number of very vulnerable people who will die from this mm-hmm. in particular. Yeah. And so that I don't feel like that chain is always successfully explained in a, in a way that's clear. I mean, I feel like it's, it's, it feels like it's, we're dragging people along to understand that this is not about you getting the sniffles. This is about, everybody you know over a certain age facing some rather dire health problems right. that our system is not capable of taking care of. And it, this is exactly the kind of thing that now I'm going to be a dick for just a minute. So the, the, I've, I have felt for some weeks that 
this is the sort of thing that 20 seconds of dedicated thought, you're not allowed to think about anything else but this for 20 seconds, but really think about it. I want you to process the stuff I was just saying or the stuff that Fauci, 20 seconds of contiguous thought will make this so transparently clear what is happening. Right. And if you don't really do it and you don't connect the dots, you're going to take it in little pieces and in little pieces, and I, I realize I sound like, a, I don't know, a fabulous or a person with anxiety or OCD, but I, I, I promise I'm, in this case, that's not my POV. C, uh, 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 what would it be, OCD, POV? <laughs> no, what I'm trying to say is this. There is a necessary logical chain that goes from why you're in your house right now to like, that keeps my mom in Florida alive and potentially healthy. Mm-hmm. She's not, she's got a lot of the conditions that uh, make people very vulnerable right now, including lung stuff. So I am able to make that chain because I, I am going to dedicate 20 seconds to that. And I do want my mom to not be taken somewhere where there's not a bed and a ventilator for her. And I think it's, right. it's difficult. And it sounds like you're saying the sky is falling, but the sky is falling. And this guy will have fallen if we don't address this and do our part to take care of it. And take that 20 seconds, listen to what the actual people who know about this, listen to what they are saying. And, you know, until that messaging gets clear enough, that's the problem is like, you can make this increasingly more draconian, but it's always like the way I felt about, cause I have a precious angel and my daughter is the best and she gets just perfect grades and perfect uh, behavior and deportment. And she's a dream student to have in class. It's always driven me crazy when, because of the need to have 30 kids in a class or 40 kids in a class, you end up punishing everybody for what one kid did. It's way out of scale. And here's the problem. The problem with that is not only do the good kids, quote unquote, not get the little bit of extra attention that would say, hey, you're doing a good job. Keep, keep at it. This is going to be good for you in life. You have to spend all your time on the one kid who's, who's maybe got a problem, you know, maybe got a, an issue, as we say. Mm-hmm. Right. That sucks. That sucks for the other 39 kids that, that now the whole class is being punished for that. And here's the thing. Does that stop the kid with the condition from doing the thing? It does not. It merely punishes all the kids who follow the rules. And that's this is what Thoreau was talking about when he said, you know, that laws are basically a spider web that uh, catches all the tiny mosquitoes, but lets the wasps fly through it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what happens. So if you have the most draconian thing in the world, you say under pain of death, no one is allowed to leave the house for the next six months. I don't think they're going to say that. But if they did, you think they would stop some people from leaving the house? No. It just makes life incredibly difficult for the people who are struggling to understand and implement the public health uh, adjustments that we all need to make until we get this thing tamped down. And that messaging becomes so important to be clear about that and to like talk to other folks about like why we're doing this. And then, you know, we haven't even gotten into the economic part. It looks like Schumer's working on that right now. It sounds like that might be coming. But right. Um, anyway, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh, I um, try and find, here's what, here's your uh, functional component, as you say, is maybe, you know, let yourself have, have a little bit of mindfulness. Let yourself have a little bit of lightness that you feel you haven't earned. You've earned it. Don't worry. You know, I'm setting apart all the do your part stuff. Right. Um, like try and find, find try and find little opportunities to liberate little nuggets of goodness in the midst of all the badness, and maybe find a little project if you can. Find something to occupy you, maybe something positive. And I'll just I'm gonna say all the lame stuff that everybody says. Yes, go to Canopy, go to Hoopla, go to all the things. You know, Canopy and Hoopla. You watch a bunch of movies for free. What? Yes, library card. Look it up. But also, 
you could learn a language a little bit, or you could get back into playing piano. If you're stuck inside, what's the stuff you've got? What are the tools that you can put your hands on right now that would let you make a thing? Um, look at some of those things and uh, have a little lightness. Right. Good luck. I like that though. Did you have one more thing to tell me about that you like? No, that was it. Um, <clears throat> um, we can we can um, bounce pretty quick. I want to toss out a concept I thought was so interesting. What are my concepts? Um, is that okay? Is that cool? Yeah, I would love to hear that. Uh, one thing I, I, okay, you know what? I'm just going to toss this out for next time. I ran, of course, I've learned to stop asking for information on Twitter. It's a fool's errand. But um, I ran across an article, I want to say in the last four or five days, and I can't put my hand to it now. But if anybody knows it, uh, toot at me. I, I saw an article that was about, basically, well, we've all been, <laughs> whether we know it or not, I think we've all been going, thank God for the internet. Oh my God, thank God for the internet. Thank God for having access to information, yeah, really. entertainment, you name it. Can you imagine what this would be like if it was 1975? Oh God. And you had like three TV stations plus CHF. <laughs> I know, it would be a nightmare. I mean, just, just for information alone. You got a newspaper that comes out once or twice a day and and then evening news and that's it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so yes, about the internet. Thank God the internet's here. Please let it keep coming. Please, please, please. But the other one was like re-examining how we look at our screens, how we think about our screens. Where screens have been the bad guy for so long. Understandably, right? Like screens yeah. are our nemesis. Screens are killing our children. Screens are making us stupid. Like, thank God I've got internet plus screen right now. If I didn't have screen right now, I mean, it's not always good. I still make poor decisions about how to implement it. But isn't it nice to know that you could just go find out what's going on right now by looking at a screen? I mean, it's I, pretty I'm crazy. I'm so glad that's... Yeah, well, and so anyway, if anybody knows, the, I, I feel like it might have been in something like The Atlantic. I don't know. It was in something. Uh, find me the article that's about reevaluating, you know, whether screens are such a villain uh, in a uh, situation like this. Please. And uh, you can tweet at me. Yeah. Finally, though, I, I just wanted to toss out this. Uh, I saw this mentioned. I think I put the thread into... Show notes. Dan, where do people find show notes for episode 470 of your Back to Work program? Uh, don't they go to backtowork.limo slash... <laughs> Uh, isn't, isn't that, isn't that the one that they're, that they're going to be going it. to? Let's try it. Let's uh, all do it together. Back to work. One word. Back to work. Dot limo. Dot limo. Slash four, slash seven, four zero. seven zero. Yeah. It works. Yeah. There's Hattie. Hi, Hattie. It works. Um, Okay, so here's this is from a very long thread on the Twitter machine, and uh, it's uh, this guy Greg G Gonsalves having sort of a, a, a fit of pique. Um, and what does he say? He's saying this weekend, New York Times published two pieces that uh, undermined current uh, public health advice. Mm -hmm. Uh, da, da, da. He says, I lost my SHIT yesterday on the four of them, but thought a more calm exposition of views might be good. And what he says here is, first what happened this weekend was, this author says, a case of uh, epistemic trespassing, where generalists or non-experts decide to weigh, I think he means weigh in, on complex policy issues without detailed specific knowledge of a subject. Have you ever heard that phrase, epistemic trespassing? No, what does it mean? Isn't that great? Yeah, but it's, I don't know what it means. <laughs> um, here is, here is a, I have not read this whole paper, just the little bits that I've read. Um, this is from a piece in, I think, the journal Mind from Oxford Academic. 
This is from February 2018 by Nathan Ballantyne. It's called Epistemic Trespassing. Epistemic trespassers are thinkers who have competence or expertise to make good judgments in one field, but move to another field where they lack competence and pass judgment nevertheless. We should doubt that trespassers are reliable judges in fields where they are outsiders. End paragraph. So, of course, obviously, what leaps straight to mind for me, maybe not obviously. Oh, you know, I used to be at PayPal, and then I made a battery car, and now I'm trying to go to space. <laughs> Ergo. <laughs> That's a nicer <laughs> career arc. For uh, uh, for the Musk's, uh, well, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Um, no. The um, also that hair. Wow. Um, the other one is like I saw one this week that was like um, a really good tweet. I'm sorry, I don't have kept put my hand to it right the second, but it was something along the lines of, "Well, as a silicon, as a very successful Silicon Valley entrepreneur, I know a, a lot about hacking. So let me explain a little about having a hacking cough." <laughs> That would be a, a joke, but that would be <laughs> yeah. epistemic trespassing because uh, okay. you are, you are bringing in and certainly maybe even just a little bit of Dunning-Kruger where you want to bring in your confidence about your expertise because there's this one time you didn't fail. You know, let's start saying that. First of all, so you know what? If you, you, you say you're an entrepreneur, are you sure you're not a small business owner? Because we used to call that being a small business owner. I'm a serial small business owner. That sounds stupid. I guess yeah. I should say serial entrepreneur. You know what I hear when somebody says they're a successful entrepreneur? I, I, hear, I hear you saying, uh, God bless your heart. I hear you saying, uh, there's one time I didn't fail. So <laughs> the one time you didn't fail, you're not going to take your confidence over that time you didn't fail and, uh, and bring that to, to where you are. And there's a lot of that going on right now, certainly including by me and probably you. I love that idea, though, epistemic trespassing. Keep an eye out for people who have a high degree of confidence um, because of the time they didn't fail once, and then they uh, maybe maybe don't take advice about keeping grandma alive from from battery car man. Title. <laughs> ba battery car man. Battery car man. His, yeah. his chest is his chest is blinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, anything? That's probably good for now, huh? Yeah, I think it's good. Go to Squarespace, man. They're great. You know what else is good? You guys, go to fireside.fm. Oh, thank you. No, it's it's really good. It's thank you. very quite good. And I am extremely impressed. Well, you're that's a nice, all, nice, that's, nice well, guy to that's, say that. That's thank all you. I'm gonna say about that. Have you been doing any spying? Spying? No, I don't I don't spy. Don't do okay, let's button this up. Hey, hey, um, <laughs> shit, now I now I want to, but no, I, I don't. I, I don't. I love you. Oh, wait, I, one last thing I want to say. Ah! Um I, I want to say that the last episode of uh, Star Trek Picard is this week. And of course, oh. we'll be doing the episode follow up of the Picard. And the reason I mention it is I have had a lot of people tweet to me or write to me and say, I never would have heard about this awesome show that y'all are doing if it wasn't for your mention on Back to Work. So I want to I want to say thanks to the people who are now listening to that show because of this show and thanks Hooray, to you thank for you. letting for letting me do that on here it's great make it so <laughs> does he ever say that on the show no no spoiler no spoiler he has he has said engage but uh, not, <gasps> oh, hot. not make hot, it hot hot hot, hot. Yeah. <laughs> all right let's uh, let's button this up all right okay i love you love you too merlin man loco doco bodo bopa doco lolo <laughs>